Welcome to Thriving Through Menopause. I'm your host, Clarissa Christensen, an international menopause expert, author, and speaker. I help women go from feeling uncertain, uncomfortable, and struggling to experiencing a new sense of confidence, freedom, and vitality. My own story mirrors that of thousands of women that I have connected with through writing my book, speaking engagements, and coaching. Like you, I felt unprepared, unsupported, and at times dismissed by family, employers, and even doctors. That's why I created this podcast as a place of advocacy, offering facts, resources, and a community where you can become more empowered to take control of your menopause journey. Join us each week as we dive into honest, open, raw conversations on the topics that matter deeply to menopausal midlife women. From our changing bodies to our relationships, to dealing with menopause and aging at work and in society. My mission is to help you to tap into our collective wisdom so you can emerge more powerful, wiser, not just older, thriving and ready to embrace wholeheartedly the next chapter in your life. Well, hi everyone, and this is Clarissa Christensen here, and I am your host of Thriving Through Menopause. Today, I'm so excited and honored to have a guest that is, well, she's just a superstar in so many ways. I don't even know how to begin to introduce all the amazing things that she does as a collaboration strategist, speaker, best-selling author, six times, film producer, red carpet interviewer, and philanthropist. Welcome to the show, Linda Sunshine West. Thank you so much. It's great to be here, Clarissa. It's an interesting topic. And, you know, I kind of hesitated in coming on because of it. And, but I'm glad I'm doing this. This is good to share our story. And you know, there's some vulnerability that's going to come up today for sure. Absolutely, for sure. And today, in keeping with what I was talking to you, my listeners about, which was relationships, Linda has stepped up to share about sex after menopause. But I really want to start more about you. Linda, tell the audience you who you are and how you got to where you are. Oh, that's a loaded question. You know, I um, <laughs> I grew up um, in a very dark, uh, abusive, alcoholic household. And at five years old, I ran away and I was gone for an entire week. Now, you know, I only ran away to the neighbor's house, but for all intents and purposes, for me as a kid, I was gone and I was going to be gone forever, you know, because I hated the household I grew up in. Um, my mom knew where I was, but I didn't know she knew where I was. So after a week, she called up the neighbor and she said, okay, she's been gone long enough. You can send her home now. So I came home, you know, with my tail between my legs and my head, you know, bent down. And I ended up having a lot of fears you know, with my dad, as well as I became a people pleaser, you know, always worried about other people because I wanted to make sure everybody liked me. So anytime anybody wanted me to do something, I did it. I just was always yes, saying yes to everybody else. And what this ended up turning into was a, a young woman who was just like you know, full of fear and didn't know how to live my own life. I didn't even know who I was because I was always like a chameleon. I would just adapt to any situation. And I used to pride myself on that. I would say, I'm a chameleon. I can adapt to anything, you know, but the reality 
was that I was a people pleaser and I was a, I was becoming what other people, what I thought other people wanted me to be and who they thought I, they, I wanted them, they wanted me to be, you know? So it was, um, not until about age 51 that I actually made all of this discovery when I hired a life coach who helped me to see, you know, who I am and, and the value I have to offer this planet. Cause I truly didn't believe I had any value the first 51 years of my life. So when I hired my life coach, you know, she helped me tremendously to open up my mind and my heart and my soul and to discover who I am, the value I have, and to realize that, you know, saying yes to everybody isn't really a good way to live your life because you're not living your life. You're living their life. And so that's kind of like uh, how I started. So I, I'd like to say I'm only six years old because that was six years ago, <laughs> you know, it's like, like I'm going through these um, changes and becoming who I, who I am, that five-year-old girl who ran away, who was strong and brave, that little girl disappeared for decades and she's back, you know? So some of the things I've done, you know, like interviewing stars on the red carpet and, you know, like I've interviewed Wesley Snipes on the red carpet, Jack Canfield, Les Brown. I've interviewed some really amazing people. And then I had this opportunity to interview the president of Mexico, Vicente Fox. Oh and I know it's, and it's funny because none of this would have happened had I not discovered who I am and rediscovered my bravery, you know, who I used yeah. to be. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's been an amazing journey. It's not over yet. I'm only six years old. I got a long ways to go. <laughs> I love that story, Linda. And I think there are so many women listening to this podcast who can relate to being a people pleaser. It's like it's yeah. almost, oh, how can we say it? it's It's what girls are meant to be. It's that be nice message we mm -hmm. get. Yeah. Yeah. And, and is it really being nice? You know, cause when we're being nice to others, are we being nice to ourselves? And you know, there's this, um, quote I've seen recently and it's, you know, to say, say no to others. Cause when you say no to others, you're saying yes to yourself. And I had to really practice a lot saying no, you know, so one year, um, I have a friend who's doing the year of yes. She just says yes to everything. <laughs> I did a year of no like saying no to everything, you know, so I could practice saying no. And it could be something so simple as my husband saying, Hey, do you want to go to a movie today? And I would stop and I would think, do I actually want to go? Or am I just saying, do I want to say yes? Because I want to say yes to him. And so just that one little question right there totally changed, you know, the way I operate my life. I can understand that. And I think that's amazing. I mean, when you started to say yes or no, and you were making choices, I mean, how did that flow through to <laughs> how you felt about yourself or how you felt about relationships? Oh, man, it, it really was hard on myself, you know, and because it was going against what I believed, like you said, you know, be nice, be kind, you know, help everybody and, and all these things that we had learned when we were young. And it really went against that, my core belief that I had believed that I had been made to believe, you know, it wasn't, if, if I think about it, looking back, would that have been my choice? No, <laughs> but that's what I was told. And that's what I was taught. And so oftentimes what we're living today is what we were taught by our elders that 
we we learned to believe. We learned to believe it. So what's, what the shift is for me now is, do I really believe this? So I'll give a great example is um, I love to pat myself on the back. When I was growing up, that was considered conceited. You don't say nice things about yourself. You don't compliment yourself, you know, because people will think you're conceited. But really what we're doing is we're depriving ourselves of believing in ourselves. And once I started patting myself on the back, I had tremendous growth because, wow, look at me. I really am good. I really do do this well. Again, I um, didn't believe I had any value for 51 years of my life. Wow. That's a very long time to not believe in your house. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and, how, and you're opening yeah. it up, you know. So like, like opening it up and saying, just looking at myself and saying, wow, look at the great job you did on that, whatever it was, you know. That just, like I said, it, it opens up the possibilities like I said, none, I would not have been interviewing any stars on any red carpet. I wouldn't even be going to the red carpet, <laughs> you know, no. without the courage I've gained through stepping through the no and, and uh, stepping through fears. And that's a really strong word you said just there, Linda, isn't it? Courage. Yeah. Yeah. You know, on the opposite of fear is courage. And I actually faced a fear every single day for a year in 2015. And I, did that because I realized I had so many fears and that my fears were stemming from my childhood and, you know, previous things in my life. Cause the fear comes from what we don't know. And a lot of times fear also comes from what we do know from our past. Yeah. And we're just letting it, you know, stifle us in it. And, but I came up with this uh, acronym for fear that really helped me to remind myself how strong I am. And that is that faith erases anxious reactions. When your faith is strong, your fear is automatically weakened because faith and fear do not go hand in hand. They're, t- they're polar opposites. So when I find myself becoming fearful, I will actually check in with myself and I say, how strong is my faith in what I'm doing? How strong is my faith in myself? You know, to, okay, I have faith and so I'm just going to do it. And so I now do things because I'm scared. I love that. I do that too. Uh, my coach is also saying to me, Jump out and learn how to fly on the way down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh boy! Yeah, yeah, and that's it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> it is. It's it becomes amazing. fun. <laughs> yeah, I think when you change the, you just change your words, right? When I, I, when you change your words, you change your life. And so, if you just look at it as like, oh, this is going to be fun. This is going to be exciting because actually, exciting and excitement and fear have the same physiological reactions in our body. So when you're experiencing that feeling that you call fear, just change the name of it to excited, excitement. I can't wait. I'm so excited to do this instead of I'm so scared to do this. Just change that one word to I'm so excited to do this. And you will see that how easy it will be to walk through those fears that you have. Exactly. And I think that just that shift in, in the feeling is a real shift in our energy, isn't it? Oh, big time. Yeah, because it, it moves into just a positive state of mind, a positive uh, feeling in your body. Like, you know, just the example of this morning, I'm you know, here on this podcast, you know, talking about menopause. I'm going to talk about sex after menopause. And I started to get a little bit fearful this morning. And I said, wait a minute, 
there's possibly somebody out there who needs to hear what you have to share. So show up and, and show up as you. And that's what got me to actually, I almost called you like, I'm not going to do it. But I realized that that was just my fear getting in my way. And so what I do, we just, you just blast right through it. And so I'm here now because of that, you know, my ability to break through fears. I love that. And I'm very grateful that you are here. And and having talked about that conquering our fear, let's turn to your menopause. Tell me a little bit about your menopause journey and, and some of the things that happened to you along the way. Well, first, I'm, I'm probably one of those women that you love to hate <laughs> because, you know, I, I didn't start my period till I was like 13. So I was older than a lot of the girls that I knew. And then my periods would only last three days and, you know, they lasted and they weren't painful. I didn't have any headaches. So I didn't have any symptoms. You know, I was just like all of a sudden like, oh my God, there's my period. Oh no. You know, you know, and it was like that for decades. It was always like that. And so when I went through menopause, um, I was like, I think, I think I'm in menopause right now because I'm having some kind of like memory issues. You know, I didn't know what it was, if it was menopause or it was just like old age. You know, <laughs> I was think, I think I was like, yeah. I'm 48, um, when I went through menopause and I, um, had night sweats. You know, I had some of those kinds of things like, you know, the night sweats and stuff and yes. literally, oh, hot flashes. I had, hot flashes where I'd just be sitting there. I was like, I'm hot. Like I didn't know it was menopause. I was like, I'm 48. I I felt like I was too young, you know, at 48. And so three weeks later, I was all done. (laughs) I love that. I think that, and I I think there's millions of women who are going, I wish that was me. (laughs) I I know. I have a friend who's been going through menopause for like 10 years. Like we started about the same time as we're the same age. And like, she's, she's still going through it. And here I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I can't, <laughs> I, I don't it's know done. what to say. It's done. <laughs> yeah. I think the it's only thing done. we can say with that, Linda, is that each and every one of us is unique. Yeah. And no, that's for sure. And that is all there is to it. Everybody's journey is their own journey. And yeah, we don't love it to be short. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how it is. But, but that was it for you. But then. Yeah. You said that shortly after going through it, in, in some of the things we've talked about earlier, is that you lost your sex drive. I mean, how was that as an experience for you? Oh, that, that's where, you know, it was tough because I, you know, just like, I'm just going to be flat out honest here. You know, I love sex. And my husband loves, <laughs> I love sex, you know, yeah, you know, we've been together. Yeah. We've been together for 32 years and, um, he's 75 years old and I'm 57 and he still has a sex drive and I don't. So it's 75 years old. He still has a high sex drive, you know? And so being on the other side of it, you know, a lot of people, when they get older, a lot of men do lose their sex drive, you know, because their health, you know, my husband is very healthy. So, you know, he has that, that high sex drive. So at the beginning it was, it was painful. I mean, literally just downright painful to have sex. And that was the first, like I was crying because of the pain. It was so strong. And I didn't want to admit to him that it was painful. 
So here I was experiencing this pain, excruciating pain, and he didn't know it because I wanted to make sure that he was taken care of, you know, again, I was a people pleaser. I was still a people pleaser at that time, by the way. So, so we had to make some shifts and changes in, you know, in our sex life. And now, even though I still don't have the sex drive and it's still painful, you know, we, we still, I, there's still different modalities to be able to help him, you know, and I don't want him to not be able to experience sex because I can't because it's painful, you know? So what we're doing now is we're, we're trying to figure out different, different things. Like I've tried different natural remedies. I've tried different gels and creams and I've tried different things. I, I'm very against, um, medicine. So like pills and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So trying to find natural remedies. So it's been, it's been a journey. It's been years, you know, it's been nine years now. That's a very long time. I mean, during that time, what kind of natural remedies have you tried and how have they worked? Is my follow up on that. Well, nothing has worked so far. And uh, as far as the natural remedies, trying different foods, um, there's, you know, some foods that I, I can't tell you what they are because I don't remember. It's, you know, just kind of like, I think I just block it out, you know, but, <laughs> yeah. um, just trying, you know, trying different natural foods that have like aphrodisiac types of, um, properties in them. Um, I guess using some creams and some gels and, you know, different things that are natural, like natural creams and gels. Yes. And what we're looking at right now, and I don't even know the name of it, but there's some product that we're looking at right now that is a natural product that um, we're going to try it. We need to order it online. And so it's like right now we haven't even ordered it yet. Right. But we're going to try it because I want to keep trying. I don't want to give up. And I think that's the point here is that I'm not giving up on it because I believe there is a solution. We just haven't found it yet. I love that, that positivity as well. Um, in that not giving up. And I think, I think a lot of women need to hear that. I mean, nearly every woman experiences that their sex drive does change. I mean, that is normal and or normal or common is probably a better word, but it is, it's so hard, isn't it, Linda? Because it's such a shift. As you've said, you've always been someone who's loved sex and it's the emotional side that's hard. That's definitely the hardest part um, because, you know, when, there's a saying, you know, it's better to have had and, and lost than to never have had at all, you know, or better to love, love and lost than to never have loved at all. But what's interesting about that saying is that when we have loved and we've lost, we know what it feels like to love. If yes. we have never loved, we don't know what it feels like to love. So we haven't really lost anything. So it's, it's kind of an interesting, um, concept here. And I realized this through my, again, my husband, he's 75 at about age 65, he started losing muscle mass. And he's always been a, like he was the fitness director for the Marine Corps. So he's always been very, yeah, very fit, you know, and he's been losing testosterone because he's getting older, a natural process. And again, we believe in natural, we like, he's not going to take any hormones and stuff. And so he's been getting thinner and not as strong. And so he's losing it. And 
as I watched him going through the mental, um, like the mental shifts of having to say, Hmm, I can't do that anymore. It's, it's really hard to watch that. But now I'm going through the same thing with menopause in relation to sexual drive. Mm -hmm. I can't do that anymore without pain. Like I can still do it, but it's just so painful. And, and that so, makes it more painful yeah. in some ways because we, we obviously hate yeah. pain and we pull away from it. And so it becomes a, a self-fulfilling prophecy in some ways. Yeah, like it's this cycle, right? Like um, I I don't want to try it because like there have been times where I haven't wanted to try because of the pain that I experienced. And then, you know, sometimes I say, okay, let's let's just try again, you know, and then it's painful again. And so now I have this... um the anticipation of not wanting to try because what if it's painful again? Right. So it's like this, this whole cycle, but then I'm going to keep trying because I don't want to give up, you know? So it's like, it's a mental battle. Yeah, yeah, totally. Definitely. I mean, you're very lucky. You've got, obviously got a very understanding partner. Yes. Yes. That has obviously been a big part of your relationship to connect and talk. Yeah, definitely. And that's one thing that, um, you know, a lot of men aren't open to, you know, talking through their feelings and things like that. But my husband is, and, but it took, it took years, you know, to get him to, to be able to, to talk about his feelings and, you know, tap into it. I understand that. Yeah, very much so. We've got a dog that just decided to. <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> She's ripping away here. Silly dog, she's attacked the postman. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's okay. We don't want the mail. We don't want the mail. I don't want the mail. I'm just going to eat the mail. <laughs> but no, going back, I mean, you obviously have a partner that is incredibly understanding. But as you said, there are a lot of women who have partners that don't understand. And that adds to the physical pain, becomes a very deep emotional pain as their relationship is really rocked. And, you know, I've, um, actually gone through a lot of, um, like communications courses, like how do you talk to people and, and learning how to communicate with people. So my husband and I, even though we talk really well with each other anyway, I still had to learn how to speak to him. And what I realized is he's the type of person who, he, like a lot of men, they just want to fix everything. Yes. They, they want to <laughs> fix everything for you. Well, so if I have something I want to talk to him about, I go into the conversation and say, I don't need you to fix anything. I just want you to hear me. So that right there, like using that one phrase helps him to say, oh, okay, I don't need to fix anything. So I'll just listen. And he does. And so there's our men, not that they can be trained, you know, that's a bad <laughs> word, but, but we can teach them how to communicate with us by us knowing how to, c- to communicate with them. Because, you know, how, how many times have you, or, you know, women, like you're, you're sitting there listening to me right now saying, but he, but he won't, he won't this, he won't that. The reality is our men, they really want to save us and they really want to help us. So once we can acknowledge the fact that that's really all they want to do and they want us to like they want us to be happy. You know, they joined a partnership with us originally because, you know, they wanted to make us happy. So if we can just say, okay, he wants to make me happy. I need to tell him what that means. Exactly. I need to tell him how to make me happy. You know, because they don't know. They have no idea no, until we tell them. Exactly. And I think you just really said some really important points there. 
about having that kind of conversation because I also believe that 90% of men just want to be a good partner and want to look after us and want to do the best for us. And sometimes they're very confused by this time of life. They're wondering what on earth is going on and they don't know how to help us. Yeah. So we, it's our job to communicate with them. You it know? is. And what we do when we, when we learn how to communicate with them is we also like emulation. They, they learn how to communicate with us. And so it's, it's an amazing process. Like 32 years we've been together. We've had lots of ups and downs, you know, and that we've been divorced and gotten back together. And, you know, that's just through, that was one of the downs, right? But we got back together and here we are stronger than ever because we've learned how to communicate with each other. And that was a challenge because we, it's like we, that, that book, you know, John Gray, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Really, it's just that men and women don't know how to speak to each other until they teach each other how to speak to each other. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I'm now, I'm saying this on the show, I've been married three times and I'm on my third husband and I am now in my late 50s. I'm now 60, learning how to communicate. But I spent a lot of time not communicating. And that's why things didn't go right in the first place. Because they're not telepathic and neither are we. So if we don't open up communication, nothing changes and certainly doesn't change when we face challenges like a loss of sex drive, which is, I think, hard for both partners to understand. Yeah, because like you said, hard to understand for both partners because... It's hard for the, the woman to understand because it's not something you've ever gone through before. Nobody's ever really said, this is what it's going to be like because we don't know. Like it, it is different for everybody. So there's no real manual for going through menopause, you know, and then here's, you're not understanding what's going on. So you can't explain what's going on to your partner. And then they're sitting over thinking like, what's going on with her? Like her mood's changing. She's becoming a completely different person. I don't know if I like this new person, you know, but once we can understand what's going on, then we can explain to them what we're going through. And then that's when empathy comes into play. It can't come into play if we can't properly explain what we're going through. So it's kind of like this round robin, you know? Exactly. And I think, I think that's probably one of the keys is to actually have open, honest, compassionate conversations. And it can be embarrassing, you know, like here I'm admitting that, wow, I, you know, I'm going through this time in my life. And like I said, I was 48 years old and most of the women I knew, you know, go through it around 50. So I was already in my mind. I don't know if it's true, but in my mind, I was going through it early. So I was embarrassed that I was going through it. So you know, to, to bring that conversation to light and say, you know, I think I'm going through the change, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the change. You know, I think I'm going through it. I don't know. I don't know. So let's figure this out. Exactly. And I, and I think you're right. You're, you're feeling ashamed. And I think shame and a lack of understanding together are not a great mix for any, any <laughs> woman. I mean, then we are, and, we, sure. and we're not used to talking about this. I mean, Linda, did you have anybody to talk to? outside of your husband around these issues. No. And that could be, you know, my own lack of, um, connecting with women. Cause prior to my you know, age 51, which is when I hired my life coach prior to that, I didn't connect with women at all. I connected with men really well as I had a lot of 
boyfriends and friends that were boys when I was young. And then I worked in a lot of jobs where there were men and I always related to men really well. And I didn't relate to women very well. So I didn't feel like I, I'm sure I did have plenty of women to reach out to, but I didn't feel like I did. And so I didn't, you know, I just kind of like went through it myself. That And that's very tough. And I mean, I don't know where you stand today, but you know, from my perspective, I'm always saying to people, one of the most important things is to have relation, strong relationships with girlfriends or someone else you can talk to because we need to have conversation. We're not, we can't go through this journey alone. Yeah. And that's why I kind of like why I showed up today, right? Because I realized that there's these conversations that, you know, we're not having. And maybe this, this whole me showing up today was for me. Maybe it's just for me. I don't know, but it's good for me to talk about this to somebody, <laughs> you know. And I think it's important for other women to hear this too, because there might be lots of women out here. You know, you feel alone, and and hearing Linda, and I'm so grateful for you being here to say these things. Here, well, I'm not alone, and I'm not strange, and that actually other women are going through this. Yeah, and it's finding those women, I guess, to to help you through it, to have those conversations, especially if you don't have a spouse, you know, that, that you can talk to, you're having other people. So you're not going through all those negative emotions and because you know that it, you can really beat yourself up. <laughs> that's for sure. That's for sure. Linda, if you had three tips that you wanted the uh, listeners to take away, what would they be? Ooh, this is good. Um, Three tips. The first would be to, the first would be to communicate. You know, have that communication, uh, whether it's with yourself or somebody else and have the open dialogue, you know, to, to talk about what you're going through. And when you're having that open dialogue about what you're going through, if the person doesn't understand it, you know, don't let that stop you from talking about it because the more you talk about it, the more they'll be able to understand. I think that was three tips. Yeah. And I really, really <laughs> love, I really love that. I mean, I think that you've summed it up really beautifully. Linda, I want to thank you so much for coming on this podcast, breaking through your fear and seeing it as excitement and mm -hmm. sharing your journey is a very personal journey, and I'm truly grateful and honored that you were here. Thank you, and wish us luck for um, finding a solution, <laughs> a remedy. <laughs> I hope so too. I hope that the people, if there are doctors listening, we need you to do more right now. <laughs> yes, now while we're still alive. <laughs> yes, yes, please. Linda, is there anything you'd like to say in people who want to connect with you or where they can find out more about the work that you do? I'd love you to share that too. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so they can email me at Linda, which is L-Y-N-D-A, at womenactiontakers.com to connect. Or we can connect on LinkedIn and Facebook. I'm Linda with a Y, Sunshine West, so we can connect over there. That's beautiful. Linda, thank you so much once again. Thank you. Everybody have a great day. Thank you, everyone. Indeed, have a great day and speak to you next time. Thank you for listening. 
If you have loved or liked this episode, then I would be deeply grateful if you would head over to iTunes and give it a five-star rating. My mission is to reach as many women as possible, menopausal midlife women who may be feeling alone and asking questions. Why do I feel this way? Thriving Through Menopause is all about a community of our collective wisdom. You matter to me. Your feedback, opinions, and stories matter to me. And I would love to hear from you. So drop me an email, clarissa at clarissachristensen.com. I genuinely want your feedback and your ideas on the topics that you would like to hear more of on this podcast. And if you are a woman who feels that they are struggling alone through menopause and you need more support, pop over to my website, clarissachristensen.com. You can find free resources and you can book a one-to-one discovery call with me. Let's start conversation. Thank you once again for listening. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives for newly appointed agents. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the United States Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov careers usbp. That's cbp.gov careers usbp.